0: Hey everybody, Sean Hemel here with another episode of the Origins Podcast. Today I have one of my favorite people in dental, one of my favorite Kansas Cityans, fellow Kansas Cityans, Lois Banta. Lois, thank you so much for joining.
1: Thank you for inviting me, Sean. I'm excited to do this.
0: Good, good, good. Everybody knows you. Everybody has glowing things to say about you. I've met numerous people that are like, you guys should connect. You guys are right right near each other, which in truth we are only about 20 minutes away, but Um, It was really awesome finally getting to connect when we did a few months ago before your world tour uh, (laughs) for your your big trip, but it was awesome getting to sit down with you and have lunch and just learn about you. And I knew that you would be a perfect person for this podcast because I know a lot of people know you and know of you and have benefited from the things that you bring to dentistry. But I didn't know how many people knew your origin story and knew how you got to where you are. We kind of touched on it a little bit in uh, at lunch, but I think, obviously, having you here is going to be really eye-opening for a lot of people to hear some of the stuff that you've gone through in your career.
1: Well, I've told versions of um, how I got started to so many people. And uh, even before, when I I tell my story about uh, my boss's friends um, asking me to come in and teach his teams how to get the results I was getting, and that's how I birthed the company. But if I go back a little further, I worked for a three-doctor practice in Kansas city. And one of them, the senior doctor used to take his team on, on these retreats. And it was just for strategy sessions and team building and leadership. And he always included me somehow, even though I wasn't a personal member of his team, I was a member of the practice and he would just kind of take me under his wing and, and nurture this, this thing that was in me to start uh, to be a consultant and a speaker. And uh, he told me someday I was going to be a consultant and speaker. And then he died unexpectedly, at a massive heart attack. Mm -hmm. So his name was Dr. Bud Merritt. And in fact, uh, what I didn't include, what I didn't say before is he and his team were getting ready to give a massive all-day seminar course on running a successful business with leadership and a really great team. I wasn't part of that, but I actually have all of that stuff in my garage because it was gifted to me by his brother. And he no. told me someday I was going to be a consultant and a speaker. And so I kind of parked it and went to work for another dental practice and told him I'd, I'd give him five years. And I was going to someday, I don't know how, be a, a speaker or a consultant. My college background, just so you know, Sean, my college background is theater and music. And so uh, I, I really, I dug into that talent of uh, of the confidence and not being afraid to, to speak in public And so I dug into those archives, basically, and uh, my husband was a former teacher and he taught me how to write my first seminar. So I uh, made this big plan after I joined the Speaking Consulting Network, then owned by Linda Miles make this big plan that okay, I'm going to come back from that conference, and I'm going to make a five year plan to be able to quit my full time job in five years and self sustain a business. And then two years later, I had to quit my full time job because I just got too busy. So it turns out, I the profession that chose me was it chose correctly. I it was it's definitely a calling. I'm this year is my 25th anniversary. In the business oh, wow. of Congrats. speaking and consulting, so this year you're getting me on my 25th year anniversary, almost to the day, almost to wow. the day, yeah. And so that's awesome. I and and still today, I've written, I've written a couple of books, I've recorded countless seminars and podcasts and webinars. I still feel like I got something to say, and so I've always uh, told my family that I'll stop doing this for a living when I no longer feel relevant or it stops being fun. It's still a lot of fun.
0: That's a, that's such a great rule. And that's awesome. that You have the music theater background. So mm-hmm. I was a musician too. I don't know if we broached that topic. I don't think
1: we discussed that.
0: Yeah. So that was like my former life Um traveled and played music and it was a ton of fun. I learned a lot about marketing. That's actually where I fell in love with marketing was selling music to people is very unique. It's very cutthroat. But same thing, like the actual day to day of playing shows and meeting people and all of that life experience was a ton of fun for me, and that's really where I found out that hey, marketing is what I wanted to do. How I got into dentistry is a, another topic for another day, but it's a uh, it's always good to, to have another kindred spirit on the the music side. So you obviously came from working within the practices, moving into the consulting. So mm-hmm. how what would you say in terms of that move, like? was there a certain event that triggered it? Was there something where you were like, look, I solved this problem and I know this this many other doctors have this issue. Like what really was the catalyst or was it just you being like, hey, I, I do have something to say. I really want to branch
1: out. Well, you know, it never really occurred to me until I started showing my boss's friends, teams how to get the results I was getting that, that not everybody was doing what I was doing. And I realized that there was a... a real need in the industry to teach dentists and their teams how to run their practice as a business. Even today, if I were the if I owned a dental school and I were president of a dental school, I would make the undergrad requirement a degree in business because they come out of school learning how to be a dentist, but they don't come out of school learning how to be a, a leader and an employer and a business owner and how to really track the numbers. I was just literally on a coaching call today where the dentist said, what number should I be tracking? She's been a dentist for almost 20 years. and doesn't know. So it continues to be a very relevant need in our industry. Number one, to teach them how to have it as a business. And number two, how to be a really good, thoughtful, team-oriented leader. You can't lead a dental practice with a my way or the highway. And if they don't know how to do it, then they're going to probably do it wrong almost every time. So that's that's the, the difference for me. And I sold the consulting business three years ago and opened a masterclass and retreat business because for me, it was like getting in there, helping them with one thing, which will then have a domino effect of other things they can be doing better. I always say consulting and training is my long-term fix for what I do in the business. And speaking is my quick-term fix. That's my quick. I love it when the aha moments go off in their head and I get immediate feedback that they can't wait to go back and do something in their office. Or they send me an email saying, I can't believe that one verbal skill prevented the cancellation. I taught a... um an implant business masterclass with Leslie Eisnagel a couple of years, a couple of weeks ago. And we used the doctor's training facility to teach this class. He took an emergency call during the training session and sold three implant cases and came back to our class saying, I I can't believe that. What I just learned right now today worked.
0: That's That's amazing.
1: That's the the reward for me.
0: Proofs proofs in the pudding for sure. And would this be something or, or do the problems that you uncover, are doctors aware that it's a problem or does it take you pointing it out for them to really have that aha moment? I think doctors we, are
1: aware it's a problem. They are not aware of how to fix the problem. And gotcha. they can recognize when something's not going well, they can't necessarily put their finger on the pulse of exactly when or why or how it's happening. Gotcha. And, you know, they they learned... Two things in their business part of running a practice, they learn how to have really great effective systems and how to train the team to um, say the right thing at the right time in the right way. Those two things combined work really, really well, and patients tend to walk away feeling really good about their dental decisions. And you're a big advocate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know you're a big advocate. We bonded over the story piece and how, how important that is, how often it's omitted, Uh, But really just the light bulb that tends to go off for doctors when you explain marketing and patient experiences, branding and things like that. And so with obviously you figured out how to solve problems, you figured out that other people had the same problems, very akin to how I stumbled into dentistry too, uncovering and fixing problems for friends that then you find out that their their peers have the same issues. How did SEN come to be from what you were doing? How did you move into SEN?
1: So um, I'm going to answer that question two ways. Perfect. Uh, SCN, when when Linda Miles founded the company, SCN, the Speaking Consulting Network, she had people who were getting into speaking and consulting, reaching out to her and said, can you teach me how to have that as a business? And she, she said she wanted to be able to reach more people, more masses. And so she thought, well, why don't you just pay a small fee and come and I'll teach you everything I know. So she put all of her own consulting and speaking materials in this binder and taught all of that to us. Uh, In 2010, she was starting to slow down her part of her business and decided that the speaking consulting network needed to grow and move in the right direction and to have somebody else at the helm. And so she handpicked me to see if I would be interested in taking it over. And so I said, yes, way before I talked to my husband or anything. And then I came (laughs) home and talked to Rick and uh, it was a great idea. And it was, uh, but there's an interesting story about that. I had so many naysayers when I uh, made the decision to purchase SCN, there were people in the industry who said I didn't have enough experience or knowledge to be able to teach people how to do what I was doing for a living. And I thought, well, I'm Gee, I'm having pretty good success, and I learned everything I know from Linda Miles. So why not I teach everybody that I now know? And uh, so I uh, never been someone who um, said yes to the naysayers. So I I said watch me. So I did. Uh, it grew very nicely at speaking consulting network grew very nicely. But a, a couple of years ago, it reached a fork in the road where I knew. That the, the technology arm and the marketing arm had to be designed and developed by somebody who was better at that than me. And I'm not shy. And so I said on one of our mastermind sessions, someday somebody's going to come in and take the reins and move it in an even better direction. And that happened to be Ryan Vett. And so Ryan invested, he's, he's part owner, he's a majority owner of SCN. Now I'm still CEO. And now Sen is going in a direction that it needed to go organically uh, and it's growing the way it's supposed to. And I'm so, so proud to have partnered with such a young, smart entrepreneur like Ryan Vett.
0: Yeah, he's awesome. He's actually going to do the podcast with us here. I think it's next month maybe, but very impressed with him indeed. And and I I agree, I don't think you could have found anybody better to assume that piece of it. He's doing such a great job with it. He is. So if somebody was listening to this podcast and they hear your story and they hear how I always love it when when a business starts just from solving a singular problem for a person, seeing other people have that problem, and then you just continue to solve that problem. It's not super flashy. It's just kind of that utility just kind of ground, you know, over and over and over solving mm-hmm. solving problems. Then you gain people's trust and they're like, hey, can you solve this problem for me too? Mm-hmm. And it just kind of expands organically like that. but. It's pretty incredible to have the legacy that you have and the reputation that you have. A lot of people have a lot of pros and like, yes, like pros and cons in terms of when you talk to somebody. I've never met anybody that had anything poor to say about you. Like people do see you as a light and they see you as something to follow and aspire to.
1: That's so encouraging to hear.
0: (laughs) Well, they really do. And it's, I'm, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're 20 minutes away and we can grab lunch and stuff too, but my thing, my main thing with that I've really uncovered the more people I've had on this podcast is that a lot of times when I felt inadequate or like, I don't know what I'm doing, most of the people I look up to felt that way too. So that made me yeah. feel good, first of all. Right. And then just the constant recurrent theme of find a mentor, find somebody that yeah. will invest in you, um, th- like that kind of advice I think is so lost on this generation of finding help because everybody goes to YouTube and stuff now.
1: And that's the unique thing about Speaking Consulting Network. It's a network. There there isn't any member of our group that is unwilling to mentor or share or collaborate even in this profession. And when new members join uh, the Speaking Consulting Network, I offer my uh, mentorship, my coaching services, complimentary. Linda Miles did that for me, so I pay it forward if somebody can my my whole entire goal when somebody joins scn is for them to be super busy that is my goal i have i have done it i've uh achieved a level of success i i still love what i do and i want people coming up in this profession to love it long term i don't want people to have the stress and frustrations that come just by owning a business and uh, you know i started thinking when I was in, going back, I was going, when I was in the fourth grade, we had a question asked to us by our teacher. It says, what do you want? What do you want on your tombstone? Right? And I thought, tombstone, I'm, gosh, I'm going to live till I'm at least 40. You know, for the fourth grade, <laughs> 40 was really, really old. And I said, right. she made a difference. That was what was going to be on my tombstone. And I hope to, today I still feel the same way. I want to know that when I leave this world, I want to know that I made a difference for someone to be able to better their lives, whether it's owning a business or even uh, working in their dental office and to feel more fulfilled. I want dentists not to be as stressed. I want dentists not to be as stressed out. I want team members to feel appreciated. I want the profession to grow in the way that it should without third-party influence. That's that's my goal. I will preach that from the rooftops. And I hope that someday we won't ever have to depend on a third party to run a successful business. That's my goal.
0: That's a great goal. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I always ask everybody that does the show, what books are you reading right now? And if you want to share like a cornerstone book that really, so like for me, it's Atomic Habits and Building a Story Brand are two of my all time favorite books. Mm -hmm. What are, what are some books maybe that have shaped you well, on your journey or I, you I,
1: I literally give one of this books to my son recently. It's How Full Is Your Bucket by uh Tom Roth. And it's a quick read, it's an easy story, but it talks about your emotional well-being and how if you offer positive uh feedback and you and you're kind, that pays itself forward and it fills your bucket. But if you're unkind and you're dipping into someone's bucket, you're also dipping into your own bucket. So you can run your well dry pretty fast by being negative. That's one book. And the other book I love recommending to dental practices is The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace, which is based off of the five love languages. And the five languages of appreciation help a a dentist owner or a leader really identify how another human being prefers to receive appreciation. So it's just like, you know, gifts and words of appreciation and quality time and acts of service and physical touch is not really spoken about too much in the workplace because I can get mm-hmm. inappropriate really right, fast. Right. But it really follows those, um, the guidelines of, of kindness and positivity. And I'm not Sally Sunshine, I don't have rainbows growing outside my yard, etc. But I always believe in the good first and you're going to have to prove me wrong so that's always been my philosophy i've been burned a few times just like every other human being on the on the planet but when push comes to shove kindness wins every single time and so those are the two books that i really like because it puts your spirit in the most positive light and we need more of that in this world so
0: those are my books so so do you feel like when you work with an office or you work with a doctor, is getting their mindset right kind of the foundational thing before you work on everything else? Is that... It's
1: crucial. crucial? It's it's a crucial element. And I, and I have a doctor I'm working with right now that is kind of a my way or the highway person. And so I, I've recently asked him, um, do you want to be right or do you want to be effective? <laughs> because you can always be right, but you're not going to always be effective. So I think they have... There's that old saying, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make him, you know, drink. I say mm-hmm. you, you can bring a horse to water, but you can make him do the backstroke, right? You can't make <laughs> them do multiplication. So they have to want to go there. And if they, if they don't believe in the process, it's a very, very short relationship. They have to believe in it. They have to want it.
0: How do you, and I'm just curious, how do you help doctors? Because, you know, not a lot of dentists that I meet enjoy being vulnerable. Like, so how do you? How do you encourage that? Because it is tough. I mean, you the stress level is unbelievable. You graduate from schools heavily in debt. You, you're moving into business ownership when mm-hmm. you didn't really get any education about how to own or run that business. Right. And then you have, I mean, marketing is one thing, but you have all these other elements of things where you really can't, I mean, you can kind of figure it out on your own, but in order to really be effective, not waste a lot of money, not waste a lot of time, you really do need appropriate partners right so yes. i mean what what would you say to a doctor in order to or what do you say to doctors to start to break that down in terms of changing their mindset uh,
1: well i ask some i asked i try to ask as many leading questions as possible like tell me about a day in your practice when you felt fulfilled and you felt really happy and then tell me a day in your practice when you felt really frustrated and uh Some doctors will tell me, I have all these openings on my schedule. That's usually what it is. I I have this problem and I need you to come and fix it. But there's always an underlying current as to why the problem is happening. So this one female dentist told me, she said, I have my 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 schedule keeps getting cancellations i'm not getting as many new patients my treatment isn't getting expect, accepted very much and i said well so help me understand where your administrative team is right now are they new to the practice have they had training and she's like oh my gosh i have a revolving door right now i said well that's your that's that's the focus that we need to focus on let's get you a good team and and get the right training in place so that you won't have all these openings on your schedule and so she's been basically bringing in new team member after new team member after new team member, she's not being an effective leader. They're leaving because they're frustrated and stressed. She's not communicating why, why. she's frustrated and stressed, so they're leaving. So there's, there's this, um, an underlying current is almost always the cause of every single system that is failing in a practice. The system doesn't fail because it's a bad system. The system fails because it's most likely non-existing. They don't have one.
0: Yeah, and sometimes it's that thing where you're you're almost too close to your business to be able to really figure out what's wrong. Yeah. And having that having that external point of view, I bet is hugely helpful to
1: um, yeah. you. Um know, I use three little before. words a lot, Sean. Oh, what are those? Help, what me are those? Help me understand. Help me understand why you think this is happening. Help me understand why you think it went in that direction. Help me understand why you think the team member left. And when it when I use that, it's a little more user-friendly. I also give um, get permission. If if there were information I had to share with you about what's going on in your practice, it wasn't in the best light. Would you be open to hearing it? And all of a sudden they're like, well, yeah, I, I totally need to hear it, but I need to get their mind ready to hear it. If I surprise them with bad stuff, they're going to shut down. But you got to Right. You have to tee the ball up.
0: And in, in all of this, Lois, and this is the last question, You know, I appreciate your time. I know we've been having technical difficulties, but what would you say in in your 25 years? What's, let's say, two-part question. So one is, what's the most common issue you solve? And two, what do you feel is the most important issue that you solve?
1: The most common issue to solve in a dental practice is a lack of systems and effective communication. And the next question was, what's the best solve? Is that what you said?
0: What do you think is the most important thing that you solve for dentists? Like you said, coming out of school, they don't have that education. They don't have that foundation. We talk about mindset. We've talked about, you know, teams, obviously getting, getting systems and things in place. But I was just curious because, because you solve a lot of problems. What do Mm -hmm. you feel is the most important one that you solve for practices? Is it, is it getting the doctor's mindset to change? Is it getting the team rowing in the same direction?
1: yes it's being it's getting the mindset open to change and i i feel like the good catalyst for that is hearing a speaker like me or one of one of my colleagues out there and they hear a message that resonates with them that's the first step if they brought their team instant easy success if the doctor heard me the team didn't then i'm punishment if the team heard me and the doctor didn't there's a little more conversation that needs to happen to help the doctor get up to speed to what the team heard. So I really love it when the entire practice comes to a lecture and they hear the same thing. And that's when I feel um, they're most open and ready to learn.
0: That is awesome. Awesome. Do things as a team, get everybody rowing in the same direction. Lois, yes. I can't thank you enough. I know this conversation was a little bit broken and choppy with the technical difficulties. but It's all good, Sean. How do people find you? How do people get get in touch? I know SCN has been doing a ton on social media, having lots of new members. I know we've got exciting stuff coming between ADM and SCN that I'm excited to share with people eventually, hopefully here pretty soon. But how do people get in touch with you? How do they find you? How do they join SCN or learn more about SCN?
1: Yeah, for SCN, they can log on to speakingconsultingnetwork.com and there's a really great interactive Uh, element to that website that can walk them through whatever they're interested in three different levels of memberships if they're dipping their big toe in or they want, they're all in on the premium level if they're ready they're ready you know Uh, and as far as for me um, they can log on to ljbseminars.com and find more information about uh, what i have to offer or uh, go to my store online so
0: awesome Lois, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks for sharing your origin story. It's
1: a pleasure, Sean. Thank you.
0: All right.